Hello people, you're listening to Stories by Sneha. I am Sneha Atrekar, your host and the writer of this series. Our story today is Rano. Excuse me? He heard an authoritative voice of a lady behind him just when he was about to touch the antique piece of art on the rosewood shelf. Jean turned around to face a young woman, apparently in her early twenties, who stood across the room. Jean was awestruck as his eyes took in the view in front of him. Weren't you warned by Mr. Gurjar not to trespass into this space? The lady asked, staring at Jean. Oh, oh yes, Miss, Mr. Gurjar. Oh yes, I'm sorry. I, I get curious. John apologized and began to take gradual steps towards the exit of the room where the young woman was standing. The nearer he walked, a strong floral scent hit his senses, and he took a deep breath and sighed. His eyes fell on the flowers that were studded in her walnut-brown curls that cascaded till almost her calves. It's okay. We expect our guests to adhere to the rules around this place. The lady spoke and walked inside the room. John halted near the exit. There had been an element of a pause in her last statement, and he expected the lady to continue speaking, and she did. Why do you need to always touch these artifacts? You could just see them from a distance. I've been watching you for the last few minutes, touching everything in the room. She traced her finger down the carving of one of the earthenware pots on the center table. She turned around to face him next, and as she did, the fabric of her long scarf floated over one of the pots and flowed over and away from it. John bit his lower lip at the sight, assuming that the pot was about to crash into pieces. It will cost you a fortune if you broke any of these vases. Her eyes stayed on his face. Well, I'm sorry. These are magnificent. What a pity that they're always under lock and key. John threw a disappointed look at the royal furniture in the room. It was his first trip to Madhya Pradesh. Having heard and read a lot about the archaeological sites in the state, the history student from Vermont had set out to traverse the swathe of the ancient fort city of Mandu. He had checked in earlier that morning into what was now named Hotel Uttambilla. An enormous two-storied mansion built in stone sometime during the 18th century still stood firm on its foundation and had been converted into a tourist stay place about two decades ago. When John had walked into the place lugging his baggage along, Mr. Gurjar, the caretaker and the manager of the mansion, had given him a tour of the place before guiding him to his room on the first floor. He had forbidden him of entering a particular room on the second floor of the palace though. Why is it barricaded? Is the place haunted? John had joked. Mr. Gurjar moved uncomfortably. Oh, shif, 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 shif. That used to be the Janana chamber, sir. Only ladies' room. John had ventured towards the second floor after lunchtime, 
like a school child, determined to explore vetoed places. Just about 10 minutes into his adventure though, he had been caught. John looked at the lady. She was tall, had an appealing structure, sharp features and was decked up in a dazzling traditional attire. Long earrings in silver dangled down her slender neck and kissed her shoulders occasionally. She wore an intricately embroidered beige gown in a material that he could not reckon and wore a netted scarf studded with mirrors on her left shoulder. John wondered if the women in Mandu always overdressed and contemplated on asking that question. After a few thoughtful seconds though, he asked instead, Why is this area restricted? Mr. Gurjar told you, didn't he? This is the Zanana chamber. Men aren't allowed here. Weren't? John corrected her. That was ages ago. Why now? The lady chuckled. <laughs> Rules made by the royal family do not change for generations together, mister. Jean, you can call me Jean. And you are? John extended a handshake. The lady looked at him with a smirk. In a fraction of a minute, Jean lowered his hand. Rano, I take care of this room. John raised his eyebrow. He could not help but wonder how richly Rano was dressed up for a maid. Maybe she's not, he thought. So you work here? Rano laughed. <laughs> this mansion belongs to my ancestors. I stay here. Wow, that's such a cool thing to inherit such a majestic place for a house. John exclaimed. Delighted to meet you, Rano. So tell me, really, Ruth's? <laughs> I'm not buying that. He laughed. Well, then let me tell you the truth. This room, they say, is haunted, Rano said. John sniggered. You definitely don't believe that, do you? Come on, you frequent this room. Rano observed John in silence for a minute before she spoke. Why is it so difficult for you to believe that, John? It's English. Ghosts? Souls? Spirits? If the language has those words, there must be some meaning to them, right? There's no smoke without fire. John smiled. Read Anwalji. With no thanks, I would like to place my beliefs in science. And what if man had to discover a scientific reason for the existence of spirits? Rano snickered. If you're trying to scare your guests out of this place with these stories, you're gonna lose out on a good pay on my stay here, lady. John sneered. You seem so disoriented. Neither do you want to believe in rules, nor can you absorb the idea of the place being haunted. You could come up with your own reasoning then about why this place is verboten, Rano declared. You should go back to your room now. Do not step into this room again. Whoa, that was rude. Is that how the royal family behaves with a guest? What happened to a titi... What was that? John struggled to find words. Atithi Devo Bhava. That is still valid for all our guests who adhere to rules and regulations, John. Rano smiled. 
She began to shut the door of the room as John stepped out, but John placed a hand on the door to stop her from shutting him out. He looked at her. A glint of blue swam in the oceans of her eyes. Listen, I'm not very well acquainted with the local language here. Do you want to, like, show me around the city? I was planning to visit the Champa Bully this evening. You could change into something more casual. I'll wait for you downstairs in the cafeteria. John asked, hesitantly. Rano tittered. I never leave the villa, John. I cannot go with you. With that, she shut the door of the room. John walked back to his room. He took a short nap before he left for Champa Bauli after tea time. Mr. Gurjar warned him. So please don't stay back after sunset at Champa Bauli. They shut the side anyway. Yet it is my duty to let you know. John felt sure there had to be another myth attached to Champa Bauli as well. He spent the evening amidst the beautiful ruins of the step well that was built during the Mughal era in a position that the rooms in the Bauli remained cool even in extreme hot weather. His local guide who spoke in broken English explained that the name of the place was derived from the champa flower as according to folklore the fragrance of the flower could be sensed in the water of the well. The tourists were then made to evacuate the place at the stroke of six. John visited a few other places nearby before he headed back to the villa for dinner. As he sat in the dining shamiana, he watched Mr. Gurjar guide his subordinates to serve dinner to the guests. As he looked around, he saw two more families seated on the nearby tables in the dining hall. His eyes searched for Rano. Try this, Mr. John. This is the best Bhopali Ghost Kurma you would have ever tasted. It is very world famous in Mandu. Mr. Gurjar helped John with a serving. Oh, thank you, Mr. Gurjar. Does Miss Raninath have dinner in the Shamiana? John asked. Mr. Gurjar stared at John, hoping he would explain. Miss Ranu, is that the first name of the guest who's put up next to your room? She registered her name as Mrs. Senapati. No, no, I'm asking about your mistress. Sir, what are you saying? I'm a clean man, sir, no mistress. The man felt shriveled. Oh, Mr. Gurjar, you misunderstood. I, I meant uh, Miss Rano, the, the daughter, perhaps, of the owner of this place. Has she had her dinner already? John clarified. Who is Miss Rano, sir? The owner of this house is Mr. Jayaprakash Khatri. He stays in Indore. But he only has a son. Mukesh is perhaps 10 years old now. No, Mr. Gurjar, I'm, I'm talking about the young lady who takes care of the Zanana chamber upstairs. Miss Ranel? Oh my god, sir. Did you trespass in that area? I had warned you. It's okay, Mr. Gurjar. I have already heard Miss Ranel's preaching this afternoon. You don't have to go on about it. John interrupted the man. Mr. John, you don't understand. There is no Miss Rano in this villa, sir. Weird things happen in that chamber on the second floor. Why do you think we do not rent it out for tourists, sir? In a slightly hushed tone, he continued further. That place is haunted, sir. 
John stared at the dramatic gestures of the man in amazement, wiped his hand on the tablecloth next to his plate, and got up. Come, Mr. Gorger, I'll go upstairs with you and we'll find out the mystery of this haunted Janana chamber. No, sir, you don't believe me, I know. I do not know whom you're calling Rano. So, but people who have trespassed that place earlier, they have seen Aranya Devi's ghost there. You do not believe me? Come with me, I will show you. Mr. Gurjar walked with purpose towards the exit of the Shamiana, and John followed. They crossed a long, narrow area of a passage before they reached a hidden corner of the mansion. The place had huge trunks in iron stacked up near one of the walls. Mr. Gurjar heaved open the lids of one of the trunks to reveal a gigantic frame of a painting on canvas. Is this whom you saw, sir? Mr. Gurjar pointed towards the vintage portrait of a lady that lay under the layer of dust in the trunk. John looked at the familiar figure and shuddered. The painting had managed to capture the minutest of nuances of Rano's features impeccably. The caption at the bottom left of the canvas was captured in bold letters. Rani Aranya Devi, 1854-1877 As he continued to stare at the painting, he sensed movement from the corner of his eye. John turned around. Rano was standing at the far end of the house on the staircase leading towards the upper story. She threw a pesky smile at John. Her words reverbed in his head. There's no smoke without fire. Jean gaped at the woman as she faded into nothingness the next instant. Hey, I hope you like the story. If you like this podcast, don't forget to reach out to me with your feedback. You can follow me on my Instagram handle at T-H-E-D-A-G-A-T-H-I-S-T. If you have a story to tell, drop me an email on storiesbysneha at gmail.com. I'll see you soon with the next story, only on Stories by Sneha. Bye!